Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are all aware of gun violence. We read about it every day. We see it across this country. Uh, Recently, there was a story reported in Fox 8 about juvenile gun-related deaths, double the national average in Louisiana. And in the article, uh, Dr. Allison Smith, the trauma surgeon at LSU Health, uh, was quoted, and she joins us. Dr. Smith, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Doc, you see uh, tragedy probably almost every day, and obviously, uh, as a result of your comments in the article, when it comes to juveniles, uh, it's even more horrific uh, uh, to see that occur. What, what do you, if you would, for the audience, describe what you're experiencing and what you're seeing in the ER each day? Yeah, so, you know, in terms of um, kind of my day-to-day, you know, I work at the Level 1 Trauma Center at UMC, so we see patients that are are victims of violence. Um, You know, it's a larger portion of what we do here um, in this city compared to other cities in the United States, but, you know, we do see other um, issues, car wrecks and um, assaults and different types of trauma as well, but you know, certainly a lot of our day-to-day, unfortunately, here does revolve around violence. And when it, uh, obviously, uh, what caught your attention was uh, this juvenile rate uh, of deaths, uh, whether there be accidental shootings, uh, um, unintentional access to a weapon, and bad things happen, right? Yeah, so, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, the overall picture of gun violence, you know, when you look at the statistics, the pediatric portion of it is is a very small percentage but i think you know statistics aside just looking at it as you know a, a trauma surgeon as a human being as a mother you know i think that certainly having you know any pediatric gun violence is alarming even if it does represent a small portion of it and just knowing that you know we are losing young children that really have so much potential to contribute to our society and to new orleans so i think you know a lot of our efforts do focus on youth and you know, why we're losing kids at such an alarming rate. What are the stories that you hear from parents when they come in? Yeah, so, you know, we kind of, it's, it's you know, I think the most common story you hear a lot of it is related to kind of a culture of gun violence that unfortunately we, we do see in this city. 
And, you know, you do hear stories from parents that are heartbreaking in terms of, you know, having other children or other family members that have been previous victims of gun violence. So, you know, that's really hard when you have a parent say that, you know, they recently lost another child to gun violence and, you know, here they are again going through the similar situation. Um, you know, some of the stories do focus on negligent firearm discharge and, you know, families owning guns and not protecting them appropriately and having small children that can get access to them. So that is a part of what we see as well. Um, but, you know, on either end of the spectrum, any of those stories can be very disconcerting to hear. Are you all able to dig deeper to find out um, what really the undercurrent is uh, as to why they need to have such readily accessible firearms or why their children are being targeted? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, that does, unfortunately, as a testament to kind of some of the, you know, violence within the city and just, you know, a cultural um, understanding that, you know, firearms are prevalent within within neighborhoods and they're prevalent within, you know, the livelihoods of, of people in the city. And I think, you know, you certainly hear things about it, but, you know, sometimes we don't get the full story. And, you know, I, I certainly know that the detectives look into it further and try to piece together what exactly happened. But, you know, sometimes you don't get an entire picture of, you know, why guns were present and what transpired to, to cause that to happen. Oftentimes we hear about changing the culture. Uh, I'm always a little mystified by that because it, there's never really a follow-up as to how we're going to go about doing that, right? Right, and and I do think, you know, even though we obviously are alarmed at the numbers and, and things like that, I do think that there is more of a push than, you know, I, I've been in New Orleans for um, almost 17 years, I think, you know, during my training in medical school and now as a as a practicing physician, I do think that, you know, we have the most momentum of, you know, as a city, we recognize that this is an issue and we can't be losing young people um, or really anybody at at and at any age um, due to firearms and, and violence. And so I do think that there is a push, you know, from many different fronts. I mean, it's, it's not one solution is going to fix all, but I think, you know, having a multifaceted approach, just like we've improved highway safety, I think the same approach needs to be taken with gun violence. And I do think there is some efforts really being put forth in the city to address it. No doubt. Uh, when we look at the cost to society, uh, separate and apart from the tragedy, and, you know, that tragedy is carried forward into future generations. I don't know that a family ever um, releases themselves of, of that, right, or relieves themselves of that tragedy. Uh, the financial burden uh, uh, for our city is huge as well, and uh, I know the, these cases that come into the ER are uh, sometimes incredibly complicated and costly. Yeah, they certainly are. And, and the patients that, you know, do survive from these injuries, a lot of them are going to have, you know, lifelong medical issues that are really going to, you know, not only the cost, but just loss of livelihood for, for the patients that have these injuries. So you know, certainly looking at, you know, the patients that do survive, there is definitely a huge cost um, to, to them as well in terms of how their lives are impacted. Doc, um, there's a group of you guys sitting around a coffee table. It's a rough night. You've had a number of these cases come in. What do you all say to one another? I'm kind of curious. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you're talking with your colleagues, I think you you have different levels of, of discussion. I think when, you know, you're kind of decompressing from what happened, you know, you you, you talk through it, you talk, you know, kind of in, in broader terms. But I think, you know, when we all sit down and get our heads together and think about, you know, what are we doing as physicians, specifically as trauma surgeons and emergency medicine physicians to address this issue because we see it day in, day out. To me, it's like being a cardiologist and not caring about my patient doing lifestyle changes and preventing them from having a heart attack. As a trauma surgeon, I want to prevent my patients from having trauma. And so we do have a a dedicated portion of what we do to injury prevention. And in recent years, we've really been focusing more on gun violence because it impacts so much of our patients. And so when we have these bigger discussions, a lot of what we focus on is, you know, what can we do as trauma surgeons, you know, we're, we're part of the solution. You know, a lot of these interventions, you know, you can't necessarily do while the patient's in the hospital, but you can certainly get the patient and their families connected to the right resources, um, and you really can push for that change. And I think that's something we're all cognizant of in the bigger picture is, you know, we don't want these trends to continue. We want to we do better. We want our city to do better. And at the end of the day, we all live here. We're all members of the New Orleans community, so we really want this problem to be addressed. Dr. Jennifer Avegno has said that violent crime is a public health issue, and as you just articulated, there is this belief that there is a proactive role for for the uh, medical community to play uh, in this uh, arena, right? Absolutely, and I think that's something as a country we've embraced more in the recent years of this is 100% a public health issue. And I think in general, trauma has always been an under-recognized public health issue. It's been underfunded by the government. It's been under-recognized as really the issues it creates, you know, really on a larger scale than cancer and other diseases. So I think we have to recognize trauma as a disease and we need to put all efforts forth to preventing it, especially because it, it really targets our younger population, and those are the people we need in our in our country. I mean, if you had the magic wand and there's one thing that y'all could do from the medical perspective, what would it be? I think from our standpoint, what really would be the magic wand is the prevention efforts. And I think, you know, it's something that if we could look at it and say, okay, let's reduce, you know, the number of, of violent crimes we have in New Orleans, the number of, of shootings, I think, you know, that's something that we would do. But again, you know, our part is different within the hospital. But um, I think, you know, that's something that, you know, we all don't want to see an increase of, even though as trauma surgeons, we're trained and we're well trained to deal with them. um, That's not something that we want to see, you know, on a continual basis where you feel like it's a combat zone. Yeah, you know, and I think of this in context. Uh, I, I served on a hospital board for 24 years, so I read a lot uh, about what's going on in medicine. And I, I look at, um, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to you and your peers and and all that you do because y'all are doing so much more with less. I mean, there's fewer nurses, fewer physicians, uh, fewer allied health professionals. I mean, just the whole system top to bottom seems, seems to me to be uh, stressed. Um, on a good day, much less the days where y'all are just, you know, all hands on deck. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I appreciate that. And I think certainly, I think that's become very apparent during the COVID pandemic that, you know, the healthcare system is stressed. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, 
as physicians, we're part of the team, but especially in trauma, we're a team approach. So nurses, respiratory therapists, physical therapists, social workers, caseworkers, trauma psychologists, you know, we're all part of the team. And I think especially those of us that work in the trauma center, everybody here who, who works here has a mission and they want to be here and they want to help these patients. I'm going to make a statement and I want to get your reaction. For us in the policing business, um, a lot of what when we go out on scenes and, and there's a shooting and, you know, we, we put them in the crash truck and they're headed to UMC, um, a lot of times we talk about, but for modern medicine, our homicide rate would be a hell of a lot higher um, than what, what it is. Um, your reaction? I, I agree with that statement. I, I think, you know, one thing really a testament to the pre-hospital personnel, to New Orleans EMS, to Katie, and the, the you know, providers that take care of these patients in the streets, they're, they're so well-trained, and they're truly underappreciated for what they do. And I think, you know, especially in New Orleans, where we have a lot of experience with patients in hemorrhagic shock from, from gunshot wounds, you know, those pre-hospital personnel are the ones that really make the difference. And something my mentor, Dr. Norman McSwain, who, you know, our trauma center is named after, always said that trauma care starts in the streets. And, you know, that first encounter, you know, when police, fire, EMS are all there, that's really what starts the clock. And, you know, when we get the patients to us, you know, we certainly, you know, do procedures and other things that will stop bleeding and further resuscitate the patient. But if we didn't have that good pre-hospital care, which I think, you know, the care in New Orleans is really excellent. We've pioneered a lot in terms of tourniquets, pre-hospital blood, bleeding control techniques that, you know, really have set the standard for other trauma centers in the country. I really do think that we have gotten really good at controlling the bleeding and then it's dealing with the patient for subsequent issues once they get to the trauma center. No, absolutely. And it's always amazed me, um, uh, you know, there's so many folks we've sent your way where, when we ultimately get the report that they lived, um, it, it's like, oh, my God, I, I, how? Um, you know, and it's just amazing the work that y'all do. And you're right, and I'm so glad you bring it up about the EMTs, the, uh, the EMS units, uh, fire that's out there as well, and a lot of the work uh, that police do that are, that are trained in that field too. Uh, they all uh, contribute uh, to that very important timeline, um, seconds sometimes, right? the difference between mm-hmm. life and death and, and, and getting in, into your ER. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're really sometimes the unsung heroes of it. And it's great, you know, when we get to have that closure with them and let them know how their patients did because they are invested and they don't always get to see the outcomes. Yeah. Well, Doc, thank you so much for joining us. It's always interesting to get a perspective from those that are in the trenches. And, I mean, you guys are really in the trenches because when I've been in the ER when y'all have had three and four different gunshot victims coming in uh, many, many years ago. And, and I just sat back and was completely amazed. Uh, it was organized chaos is about the only way that I can describe it. But everybody knew their role and everybody was fulfilling their role. And, and it was almost magical uh, that they were able to pull all of this together. And it's a testament to the work that y'all do. And very proud of the work that you do. And thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I agree. I think it's definitely recognizing we have a great team and, you know, we don't necessarily want to be dealing with these situations, but we are trained to deal with them and we do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Allison Smith, trauma surgeon at LSU Health, UMC, New Orleans. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great uh, weekend and a great Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All righty, folks, we'll be right back. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and text line. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 